in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you on this Thursday, September the 22nd. Praise be to God. Good morning. Shutting out the Catholic voice in the public square just in the nick of time at the midterm elections. We're going to be talking about that at 35 past the hour with Joshua Mercer from Catholic Vote. He's going to be joining us. Uh, Yesterday, uh, there was a a hullabaloo, a dust-up, a kerfuffle. I don't know. i got to pull up my thesaurus and look for a couple of other terms there. But apparently, Vanderbilt... Uh, university uh, transgender clinic thing has really just kind of blown up. So we're going to talk about that at 15 past the hour. Matt Walsh to blame again uh, for all of their troubles, I'm sure. But we'll we'll have that conversation this hour. Join us if you can. At the top of the next hour, Hector Molina is going to join us to dive into this Sunday's gospel, Luke 16, 19 through 31. So always enjoy having Hector Molina on the program. Join us next hour if you can. Lots of uh, stories in the news. Russia and Ukraine conducted a major unexpected prisoner swap. It included two Americans, by the way, Saudi and uh, Turkey. They were they were key uh, components in negotiating that deal. But um, a lot of Azov guys got released. So that's fun. Catholics uh, led a five-mile pilgrimage from Virginia's cathedral, the Arlington Cathedral in Virginia to the St. Matthew Cathedral in Washington, D.C., to ask the bishops, to plead with the bishops, to restore the Latin Mass in both dioceses. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Praise be to God. The DOD looks like they're about to face a tsunami of uh, uh, lawsuits, thanks to military watchdogs and whistleblowers who have revealed that they have, in fact, been violating religious liberties, as we discussed that with uh, R. Davis Yance last week. So we were the first to, I think, break this story, if I'm not mistaken. So, dab. Do the <laughs> dab kids still on them, dab? as they say. Do, da- do kids still dab? I don't think they do. No dabbing? Well, no, no. I'm making dabbing great again. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we, we broke that story. Hey, the Federal Reserve has, uh, this is good news, has conducted yet another massive interest rate hike as the economy still continues to struggle. So, that's all for the Fed. You know, kudos. Very good style and hey, form. thanks, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> so have you gotten that mortgage yet? I'm just curious. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're waiting until it hits I'm 10%. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> man. It's a big, uh, big decision there. You're in so. the buy high, sell low category of, <laughs> of human people. Yeah. Right. Otherwise known as bad at math and stocks. <laughs> finances. <laughs> Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here in the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Praise be to God. In spite of it all. Despite the fact that uh, the world is crumbling around us and no, really? interest rates are skyrocketing to unbelievable proportions, it's still good to be here. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. I'm being called out online here. If I'm going to dab, I must do it properly. I have to yes. apparently dip my head. As a, why, why do they dip their head? What, what is that? <laughs> I don't understand. It's to you, honor the Holy Trinity, of course. Oh, I see. Y'all, I see. D- yeah. dabbing went out of style when I was in high school. <laughs> really? Which was yesterday. Which was like <laughs> five years ago now. No oh, really? way. Six Time years? By the way, years now. It kind of, d- dipping the head kind of reminds me, one of my personal goals is to try to be better at, because I have been horrible at, uh, bowing my head at the name of the holy name of Jesus. Like, I, I'm really nice. not consistent with that. I'm not great at it. So, 
over the weekend, I kind of made a commitment that I should try harder. That's so awesome. I'm trying harder. That's a good commitment. And just really quickly, I want to say that's a really good way to make, make reparation for those blasphemies uh, used against our Lord when they misuse his name, yeah. drag him through the mud, right. bow your head every time you hear him. Yeah, amen. So I'm not taking a nap. I'm trying to dip my head. Right. <laughs> I'm always worried right. in mass. People are thinking I'm nodding off. I'm like, no, I'm reverencing the holy name of Jesus. Okay. I'm giving the Lord his due now. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's pray. We have a lot to get into today. It's going to be a great show. Joshua Mercer is on at 35 after. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Thursday, September 22nd, and you know what that means. It means we're one day away from the weekend. Here are your headlines this morning. DW News reports panic. Protests follow Putin's call for partial mobilization. Resident President Vladimir Putin made a rare televised address to the Russian people to announce a partial mobilization, saying the measure was needed to protect Russian people from what he called, quote, the entire war machine of the collective West, unquote, in Ukraine. Putin followed the announcement with repeated assurances that his mobilization was just partial. He emphasized that it only concerns reservists and those who have previously served in the military uh, or have uh, uh, army experience. Local media reported that flights to leave Russia in the next few days to countries that don't require visas were almost immediately sold out. And the Washington Examiner reports Russian-occupied Donbass region to hold referenda on annexation. Russian-occupied territories in eastern, eastern Ukraine announced referenda on whether to join the Russian Federation. The public chamber of Luhansk's People Republic, People's Republic called for the referendum to happen immediately, adding that officials are convinced that the initiative will be supported by the Republic's people and its ascension to Russia will be a triumph of historic justice. The chairman of the Donetsk People's Republic Civic Chamber Alexander Kaufman said the entire Donbass is looking forward to the referendum and to joining the Russian Federation. It'll make a big difference, which is long overdue for a change, he says. Catholic News Agency reports Tennessee governor urges investigation of Vanderbilt Pediatric Transgender Clinic. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee has called for an investigation into the Vanderbilt University Medical Center after faculty comments on the lucrative nature of transgender surgeries were brought to light. They say, quote, these surgeries make a lot of money, a doctor said in a video. So female to male chest reconstruction can bring in $40,000, a patient just on a routine hormone treatment who... I'm only seeing in a, a few times a year can bring in several thousands of dollars. It actually makes money for the hospital, unquote, which she said was the only one part of the profits that they make. The Daily Caller reports Texas Governor orders dismantling of Mexican cartel terrorist organizations. Te Texas Governor Greg Abbott designated specific Mexican cartels as terrorist organizations and ordered the Department of Public Safety to begin dismantling their infrastructure in response to record levels of fentanyl being smuggled across the border. Abbott also directed the Texas Department of Public Safety and other law enforcement agencies to identify Texas gangs that support Mexican drug cartels. The funds of these gangs and other criminal enterprises are supporting the cartels. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. <laughs>
The saint of the day is Saint Thomas of Velanova. He was born Tomás García y Martínez y Fuenlanas in Spain in 1488. His father was a miller who regularly distributed food and provisions to the poor, as did his mother. In spite of his family's wealth as a young boy, he often went about naked because he had given his clothing to the poor. At the age of 16 years, Thomas entered the University of Alcala de Hernán Hernares to study arts and theology. He became a professor there, teaching arts, logic, and philosophy, despite a continuing absent-mindedness and poor memory. In 1516, he decided to join the Augustinian friars in Salamanca. In 1518, he was ordained a priest. He became a renowned preacher for his eloquence and effective preaching in the churches of Salamanca. Thomas composed beautiful sermons. Charles V, upon hearing him preach, exclaimed, "This monsignor can move even the stones." His scathing attacks on his fellow bishops earned him the title of a reformer. Some of his sermons attacked the cruelty of bullfighting, and he also had a great devotion to the Virgin Mary, whose heart he compared to the burning bush of Moses that is never consumed. In 1544, he was nominated as Archbishop of Valencia, and he continued to refuse the position until ordered to accept it by his superiors. Given a donation to decorate his residence, he sent the money to a hospital in need of repair. He began his episcopacy by visiting every parish in the archdiocese to discover what the needs of the people were. Aided by his assistant Bishop Juan Sergia, he put in order an archdiocese that, for a century, had not had direct pastoral government. He organized a special college for Moorish converts, and in particular, an effective plan for social assistance, welfare, and charity. In 1547, he ordained a, as a priest Luis Beltran, a noted missionary in South America. Thomas started pre Presentation Seminary in 1550. He, all, he was well known for his great personal austerity. He sold the straw mattress in which he slept in order to give money to the poor. And wore the same habit that he had received in the novitiate, mending it himself. Thomas was known as Father of the Poor. His continual charitable efforts were untiring, especially towards orphans, poor women without a dowry, and the sick. He possessed, however, an intel, an intelligent notion of charity, so that while he was very charitable, he sought to obtain definitive and structural solutions to the problems of poverty. For example, giving work to the poor, thereby making his charity bear fruit. Quote, charity is not giving, rather removing the need of those who receive charity and liberating them from it when possible. End quote. He wrote he established boarding schools and high schools. Thomas died in Valencia, September 8, 1555, of angina, at the age of 67. His remains are preserved at the cathedral there. Saint Thomas of Velanova, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter nine, verses seven through nine. Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening, and he was greatly perplexed because some were saying, "John has been raised from the dead." Others were saying, "Elijah has appeared." Still others, "One of the ancient prophets has arisen." But Herod said. John, I beheaded. Who then is this about whom I hear such things? And he kept trying to see him. The Gospel of the Lord.
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This past weekend, I helped to lead, uh, along with some other men, a retreat for four men called Into the Wild by the Kingsmen. And I gave two uh, talks during that time, the uh, the vision talk in the beginning and the send-off talk at the end. And for my theme that connected all of it, including the other activities and talks on the weekend, I talked about the sound of the coming of the Lord in your life. I started with Adam, and I worked my way up to our Lord's coming, even in the great judgment. And I see a theme here. In fact, St. Chrysostom uh, said this about today's passage. For sinners fear both when they know and when they are ignorant. They are afraid of shadows, are suspicious about everything, and are alarmed at the slightest noise. Such, in truth, is sin. When no one blames or finds fault, it betrays a man. When no one accuses, it condemns and makes the offender timid and backward. But the cause of fear is stated afterwards in the words, because that it was said of some. Close quote, St. Chrysostom, pray for us. And I asked the men, what's the difference between the fear and the dread that one fear feels, like Adam in the hiding in the bush, or the people uh, at the foot of the mountain of the glory of God when they came up out of the land of Egypt after 430 years of slavery? Three days they were supposed to keep uh, and make themselves pure, abstaining from sexual relations. And only Moses could approach the mountain because everyone else was impure and would have died had they touched it. They begged Moses to go on their behalf. The difference between fear and dread at the coming of the Lord, like Adam, the people, and others, and mercy and joy and justice is your sin. The fact that you are living in sin, just like St. Christian points out here about Herod. He's obviously living in mortal sin. There was also an issue here about, uh, there was sort of a belief among some of the rabbis and some of the members uh, of the even the ruling class that they believed that the soul could come back, a good even a good soul, and occupy uh, another person, sort of joint occupy, almost like a possession. Josephus, writing in the uh, first, second century, he even talks about this. And of course, Jerome lays the sledgehammer to the idea <laughs> when you die you go to your judgment your eternal destiny destiny is determined you will either go to hell because of the sins and the separation that you have decided or you might go through purgatory and wind up in heaven but either way judgment is coming and sin is the dividing factor we'll be right back don't go told that so long as sexual activity is performed between consenting adults, there's nothing morally wrong with what's done. Is this a reasonable way of morally evaluating sexual behavior? I don't think so, and here's why. First, such reasoning justifies disturbing acts like that of Ormond Mivis, who butchered and ate a willing victim that responded to an advertisement placed on the internet. I don't think we want to say consensual cannibalism is okay. Second, the assertion arbitrarily picks consent as the only aspect of nature's design for sex as having any moral significance. If we must reverence nature's design for consensual sex, then why is it okay to not reverence nature's design for procreation? If it's okay to reject one, well then it's okay to reject the other. So rather than reverencing consensual sex, this argument undermines it. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. 
Hi, this is Sister Didi Byrne. Come participate in the next National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood on Saturday, October 15th in Boston. Men, gather outside of the Planned Parenthood on Commonwealth at 11.30 a.m. for the march. Everyone else, show up at the 2 p.m. rally outside of the State House, where I'll be speaking about the urgent need to be actively pro-life and pro-eternal life. For more information, go to themensmarch.com and please spread the word. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Joshua Mercer, Communications Director at Catholic Vote, catholicvote.org, is going to be our guest coming up at 35 past the hour. Uh, They were just banned from TikTok just in time for those midterms. We're going to talk about why that happened. And it's funny because I just got, like I was telling you a minute ago, I just got back from a uh, mission trip. First thing I see, because I've been like off the grid, like not paying attention to the news and whatever, is that YouTube uh, smacked me around for daring to ask the question some, I think it was last year, in fact, whether or not it was a sin to not get the vaccination. Uh, because some bishops were starting to make that, and they were intimating that. So we, we had that conversation. YouTube said, I'm not allowed to have that conversation. So, what? Yeah, I know. Right? So, so they deemed it was... Uh, it was a violation. It was misinformation. Mm. And it was harmful to the community. And they've asked me to go to re-education huh. camp for six months. What no, catechism? I made that are, last part. Which catechism are they using? Yeah, well, <laughs> probably the, the preconciliar catechism where people were obedient back in the good old days. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Sure. You know what I'm saying? Hey, anyway, Josh Mercer's coming up at 35 past the hour. Join us if you can, and do share us with a friend. There are lots of stories in the news that are a great concern to me, and as you discovered, Rudy, this one out of Tennessee, I think, is one worthy of a greater conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, Matt Walsh, as usual, stirring the pot, okay? Matt Walsh causing some trouble, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hint, hint, and uh, he pointed out with some video clips that Vanderbilt's uh, uh, pediatric clinic apparently is in the trans business because it's a moneymaker. Uh, it's a good moneymaker. Now, of course, it's also permanent, right? Like, you know, when you start uh, mutilating the human body, fixing that later when you've decided that this is not a good thing for you, and it's uh, you know leading to greater depression, suicide, uh, addiction, and other problems in your life, Well, going backwards is not only also very expensive, but almost impossible in some cases. It's kind of like, uh, it reminds me of, people think a vasectomy is so, so convenient. But as we discovered just earlier, a month ago. It has consequences. It has consequences. And it's really expensive to go back. Most people can't do it again. Which is why I think the church does not require that you do, even after you've repented of it. And that's fine. Um, But either way. Yeah, how we make rash decisions based on our disordered passions. We want we want convenience in this life. We want to feel good about everything. Uh, but Which, he, I, I'm reminded of uh, of the famous quote from uh, General Jackson, Stonewall Jackson. Uh, by the way, by the way, uh, opposed to slavery. By the way, so did, hmm. so is Robert E. Lee. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, interesting. Robert uh, Stonewall Jackson once said he loved alcohol a little too much. That's why he doesn't drink it. <laughs> you know, so hmm, I wonder if I should apply that to chocolate. Probably not, hmm. but uh, maybe there's I don't something. Think there. they're compatible there? Yeah, I mean, I love chocolate, and it's good for me. But right? there's something so insidious about it, right? I mean, there's a difference between an adult having these sorts of uh, thoughts, mm-hmm. and then there's it's completely 
the opposite and worse when you're allowing children to believe that they're actually something that they're not, especially and, when you're yeah. so impressionable as a young kid. Right. I mean, I was impressionable all the way up to like 23. Yeah, who isn't? You know? Right. I mean, your peer groups make or break you as an adolescent. You know, and I, I, and I said this, I said this to the men, and I believe this based on my own life. A man has to be 40 before he starts figuring stuff out. Yeah, He's got to get to 40 before he's, he gets his life in order and realizes that he has skill sets and aptitude so that he can not only provide for his family, but get his own life in order. Uh, unfortunately, for most men, it's 40. Mm -hmm. So until 40, you're making some pretty dumb choices in your life. Now, that's not true for everyone. It's a general statement, but nonetheless, I think it's pretty true. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and to then ban the conversation, you're not even allowed to have that conversation. You you can't have, uh, you can't go to a therapist who's going to say, "Hey, you should think long and hard about this." Like even that's banned in a lot of states too. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, the other thing that struck me in listening to you cover this story in your news segment and then reading some of the articles this morning was uh, one the emphasis on the cost. So this this one doctor. Uh, this first doctor in the in the clip, and maybe Adrian, we can play a little bit of that one. The first clip, I I know I said the last one, but maybe we can cue up the first one. Um, this is Doctor Shane Taylor, and she explains just how much money they're making and all this. Go ahead and play. Go ahead and roll it. Um, some of our BMC financial folks in 20, in August of 20, I'm sorry, October of 2016, sorry, a couple years ago, put down some cost of how much money we think each patient would bring in, and this is only including top surgery, this isn't including any bottom surgery, and um, it's a lot of money. These surgeries make a lot of money. Uh, so That's good. Make a lot of money. Guys, I wonder who our audience is. Other doctors, other clinics, other staff. Hey guys, this is a money maker. Let the, let the cash cow graze. You know, without thought about the, you know, permanent reality of the surgery just make a lot of money and what struck me about that is i thought people on the left were against capitalism this sounds like <laughs> crony capitalism to me so what's with that i don't know but i'm we're talking forty thousand plus dollars uh uh phalloplasty surgeries cost up to one hundred thousand dollars according to this doctor and women who undergo phalloplasty must first have a hysterectomy, and then the vagina may also be removed. On average, it takes a patient 12 to 18 months to heal from phalloplasty. Citing Vanderbilt's own transgender surgeon, Taylor, Dr. Taylor, said that there are clinics that are financially supported solely from phalloplasty surgeries. So they are making a lot of money based on this. And by the way, those are just the surgeon's costs. That does not include all the other stuff that goes along with a visit to this clinic. It's like when you go into a, a store and you're buying for a camera, for instance. I, I know this for from experience. You go in, they're like, "All right, I want to get this camera," and the sales guy's like, "Which is me." The sales <laughs> guy is like, "All right, well, uh, well you want to get a case for that camera? You got to protect the camera, right? Uh, what about a, a lens cap? What about a, right. this, this, and that?" And yeah. it's just like it's not just this amount of money that they're paying for this. It's like, yeah. they're making a ton. They're making a killing. They're laughing yeah. their way to the bank. I know. I, he's talking about cameras. I hate it when they sell me a camera and it's just the body. I still got to buy the lens. You got to buy the lens. And then, do I get a variable? Do I get a set of primes? I mean... Prime all the way, dude. Do, all the way. Okay. Do I get anamorphic? I no. mean, God, the, the choices. I, I just like <laughs> it. Give me the point and shoot, right? Let's just do this thing. I, I tell you, what, I got my phone. Never mind. I'm good. <laughs> 
All right, uh, so another aspect of this story uh, is another doctor uh, who Matt Walsh also uh, tweeted out yesterday talks about those who object, who work for the clinic, who object to this kind of surgery because it's against their their uh, conscience, because it is a violation of the dignity of the human person. This article at the Catholic News Agency says, speaking to staff at the medical center, Clayton, the law professor, said... Uh, at a med- at a medicine grand rounds lecture November the twenty second back in twenty nineteen, if you are going to assert conscientious objection to transgender surgeries, you have to realize that is problematic. She added that the university may have to accommodate the religious beliefs to of a staff member who conscientiously objects, but said that I just want you to take home. That saying that you're not going to do something because of your religious belief is not without consequences. And I agree with her because my religious belief definitely has consequences. Trust me when I tell you, I have to live with some of these consequences every single day. I'm reminded of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who said those who do not cannot give up father or mother or brother or sister or land or wealth or any of this is not worthy to be my disciple. So conscious, conscientious objectors will have to pay a price. There's no question. But this lady seems like she wants to accelerate that. Can you play that clip for me, Adrian Fonseca? If you are going to assert conscientious objection, you have to th- realize that that is problematic. You are doing something to another person, and you are not paying for the, the cost for your belief. I think that is a real I mean, I think that's a real issue. So, um, so I think, you know, so you're, so yes, Vanderbilt, if someone has a conscientious objection to uh, participating in this sort of surgery, it, it would probably have to accommodate you to the extent that, that you can find another person who can do your job who doesn't have an objection, other things of that nature. But I just want you to take home that saying that you're not going to do something because of your conscientious, because of your religious beliefs, is not without consequences. Yeah. Okay. So we get the point. This is not a veiled threat, right? And she goes on to say, "Just don't work here." That's her her big statement, her big end, her big finish. Is if you have a problem with this, don't work at Vanderbilt. And uh, that's a big issue. In fact, in response to this expose, according to this article over at CNA, the hospital issued a statement saying that the comments were not reflective of its policies, just its doctors, that's all. Vanderbilt, quote, University Medical Center is now the subject of social media posts and a video that misrepresent facts about the care of medical center, uh, the care that the medical center provides to transgender patients, the statement said. VUMC began its transgender health clinic because transgender individuals are a high-risk population for mental and physical health issues and have been consistently underserved by the U.S. health system, the statement said. The statement said the medical center is family-centered. Hmm. I think that word does not mean what you think it means, but you keep using it anyway. Interesting. When dealing with adolescents and abides by the law, the statement says, VUMC requires parental consent to treat a minor patient who is to be seen for issues related to transgender care and never refuses parental involvement in the care of transgender youth who are under age 18, the statement said. 
Our policies allow employees to decline to participate in care they find morally objectionable and do not permit discrimination against employees who choose to do so, the statement said. This includes employees whose personal or religious beliefs do not support gender-affirming care for transgender persons. Well, praise be to God. I'm glad to hear that you have affirmed that these uh, employees have rights. And they have dignity given to us by God. But neither here nor there. The Constitution also gives us rights uh, that we can enjoy in this society that we've decided that we would all participate in. And uh, some would say by force at times. But nonetheless, we have these rights that you are saying we have. But I wonder, golly gee whiz, if your employees will actually be able to enjoy these rights. Or like the military, they are just dismissed with one-line statements, which is why the Department of Defense is now facing a tsunami of lawsuits, because they have violated the conscientious rights of tens of thousands of our service members. And now they are being put out, and they are giving less than honorable discharges, which will follow them for the rest of their days. Even though they serve with honor and dignity and distinction, it won't matter. You see, our religious belief has consequences. This doctor is right. When we choose Jesus, we choose the hard and difficult, arduous, narrow path. We do not choose the easy, wide path that leads to hell. We choose the arduous. Sometimes, we're going to have to make tough choices. But let the chips fall where they may. Because it is either right or it is either wrong to allow our brothers and sisters to mutilate their bodies for disordered passions. And if we have great charity, charity for their soul, their person, their dignity, then we should try to stop them in some good way. And we'll be right back. Joshua Mercer, CatholicVote.org is up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say... The Catholic Church is just a bunch of rules and regulations and do's and don'ts, and it's against freedom. G.K. Chesterton says, Catholic doctrine and discipline may be walls, but they are the walls of a playground. Freedom exists only within the rules. The greatest act of freedom is obedience, not disobedience. Breaking the rules never makes us happy, and certainly does not make us free. God's rules are for our good, not to restrict us, but to protect us. That is how the truth makes us free. Chesterton says that while the church has established rule and order, the chief aim of that order is to give room for good things to run wild. You want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Hi, this is Carrie Beatley. Come participate in the next National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood on Saturday, October 15th in Boston. Men, gather outside of the Planned Parenthood on Commonwealth at 1130 for the march. And everyone else, show up at the 2 p.m. rally outside of the State House, where I'll be speaking about how America's abortion king pushed the lie of abortion on the American people. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired, and now more headlines. Daily Wire reports FBI suspends whistleblower who criticized Bureau's handling of January 6 investigations. A letter outlined allegations from the, from the FBI whistleblower that the Bureau was altering some of its processes to make domestic violent extremism, otherwise known as DVE, cases appear more prevalent throughout the U.S. than they are. 
The FBI's case categorization creates the illusion that threats from DVE are present in jurisdictions across the nation, when in reality they all stem from the same related investigation concerning the actions at the Capitol on January 6th, the letter says. Such an artificial case categorization scheme allows FBI leadership to misleadingly point to significant increases in DVE threats nationwide. Ground News reports, Spain gives personhood status to Mar Menor, a saltwater lagoon. Spain, what are you doing here? Spain grants personhood status to a large saltwater lagoon to give its threatened ecosystem better protection. The initiative to grant the status to Mar Menor, one of Europe's largest saltwater lagoons, was debated in Parliament. It will allow the rights of the lagoon located in southeastern Spain to be defended in court as though it were a person. And Breitbart reports robotic exoskeleton technology helps Arizona veteran walk again, and he says it's just an amazing feeling. A disabled Arizona veteran is able to walk again after receiving a device that helps him do just that, something that he thought would never be possible. Richie Nider sustained a spinal cord injury while serving in the U.S. Army during Operation Iraqi Freedom in 2005. After using a cane to move around, the injury progressed and confined Nieder to a wheelchair, forcing him to adjust to life without the use of his legs. The Army veteran told the Arizona Republic that he became depressed and angry seeing other people walking around while he was seated in his wheelchair. At a certain point, he believed he would never be able to walk again. But with the help of his wife, Nieder overcame his depression and began to enjoy a new outlook on life. At some point in summer of uh, 2021, Nider contracted Rewalk, a company that produces exoskeletons that help individuals with spinal cord injuries or other disabilities walk again. The battery-powered device works by using a machine to move the legs of the individual whenever it senses change in the center of gravity of the person, the Arizona Republic noted. While a typical exoskeleton unit can cost approximately $75,000, Subsidies from the Veterans Affairs Office have made it free for veterans who obtain a device and train with one. He says, quote, it feels like walking, Nider exclaimed, even though I know my legs aren't actually doing it, I'm doing it. So it's just an amazing feeling. That's pretty good news. Those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up today. Joining us right now is the Director of Communications for CatholicVote.org is Joshua Mercer. Good morning to you, Joshua. Good morning. Glad to be with you. Yeah, praise be to God. Glad to see you back on the program. Looks like uh, you're enjoying the uh, the good and the beautiful censorship from big tech oligarchs these days. Tell us what happened on TikTok. Well, I mean, TikTok is this crazy social media platform, uh, extremely popular with the, the youth in this country. Um, I mean, in many ways, I, I think it's a waste of time. I don't let my children going on TikTok. Thanks be to God. Uh, and so then you might ask, well, why would Catholic go up here on TikTok? It's like, <laughs> well, we have a mission of evangelization. Right. And we want to let people know what's going on in the world. And we go to where people are and we give them the message. And in this time, we went to TikTok and we let people know about the horrible stuff that, you know, some of these uh, LGBT books that are absolutely inappropriate for anyone under the age of 18, but we find them in our libraries, we find them in our schools. And so our insert, Ethan Potter, he said, I'm going to get on there and I'm just going to read this book and tell people what's going on in this book. And it's extremely profane. And we warn people, like, listen, if you don't want to listen to this, don't click it. But we just want to get the word out there and let people yeah. know this is the kind of stuff that they're teaching our children in our schools. This is the kind of stuff that they're making available to kids in our schools under the age of 18. Um, it's about a 10-year-old learning about his, you know, identities. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to get into the 
details on this radio program, but you can find out about this information on our website, catholicvote.org. And so what happens, right? TikTok censors this. They flagged the video back in June when we did this, um, and they flagged another video uh, as well when we are trying to expose what's going on. And um, then the, then we got to notice on Monday they're shutting us down, permanently banning us. Right. Um, and they cited it hateful. And I'm, I'm just trying it, it kind of blows my mind. It's like if other organizations were to share this same kind of content, they would share it glowingly, right? And TikTok would have no problem with it. But they say it's it's bad and we can't share it on our platform because we're critical of it. And the point I make is if this stuff is unacceptable, if this stuff shouldn't be shared, then our kids shouldn't have access to it either. You know, it's interesting. Back in 2014, I wrote a book on overcoming pornography addiction. I'd been featured in Delivered, uh, edited by Matt Fratt and Catholic Answers at the time. And so I thought I could share my story that way, but what if I could actually help men do what needs to get done to be free from pornography? And uh, so I wrote a book about it, and I thought I would naively just promote this on social media. This would be great. I'll help a lot of men this way. And uh, I, I actually paid to run ads, and Facebook told me I was a bigot. Facebook told me I was, I was hateful. And uh, and uh, casting judgment upon other people for daring to suggest that pornography was a problem, and they refused to let me run the ads. And I just remember feeling very naive about all of that. Like, why didn't I see that coming? <laughs> but that was twenty fourteen. Yeah, well, that was To understand how much you know, uh, pornography fuels the ad campaigns of some of these social yeah. media companies. Anyway, you know that's exactly. exactly. And and TikTok, I mean, it's sort of like the worst in that sense. And also, I think. TikTok, you know, people don't understand that there's a major uh, stakeholdership uh, in TikTok uh, by the Chinese Communist government. Right. I mean, they, don't, they don't, quote, directly own it. There's a company in China that they work with directly hand-in-hand hand, that owns it, and uh, it, it's, it's powerful stuff. And, in fact, they don't allow that kind of stuff for their people. Like the Chinese version of TikTok, that right. was Joe Rogan was yeah. saying. It's a lot cleaner. It's a lot better to focus on, you know, aspirational stuff, science, and, you know, learning, that kind of stuff. But in this country, it's just yeah, a mud bath. Because they, re they recognize uh, that this type of filth is a type of a weapon that can destroy and undermine society. Yeah. So they are happy to allow the filth to reign in our neck of the woods and prevent it for their own citizens because they recognize how dangerous, dangerous it is. Uh, for years, I, mean, I remember E. Uh, e. Michael Lofton. Uh, was talking about how the Israelis would use pornography as a weapon against the Palestinians. Uh, and there are uh, lots of reports on that. So, not well, you know, it, it happened as well with Russia, too. Right. Not uh, surprised. Communist Russia did that against us for many years. Not surprised. Now, we we attempted TikTok for a while. I think it was the dancing choreography <laughs> that, to be honest, got us. We we did try, but uh, we're just not very coordinated people. So we work. forgot. <laughs> we forgot. Somebody pointed out to us we have to bow our head when we dab. We didn't do that. Yeah. So, so we were getting. We never out took off. And, and uh, but no, yeah. we were on there uh, trying to do the same thing that Catholic Vote was doing was. Just to, to get our show out there, you know, and, and kind of talk about cultural things that were taking on, uh, mm -hmm. taking place, rather, and, you know, headlines and that sort of thing. And I, I noticed that there were certain things, if I did a video on, they would not take off, versus if I did a video right. on somebody holding their breath while they're taking a photo during yeah. the height of the pandemic, that right. took off, which was interesting to me. Yeah. But, uh, you know, these places are, uh, they're a bastion for these people. And when you go on there, it's funny 
back in the day, being countercultural meant something else. It kind of looked like <laughs> what they're doing now, but now to be countercultural, <laughs> you got to participate with the man. <laughs> now you have to work yeah. with the man to uh, to get any kind of say in the public square. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, similarly, you know, on my YouTube channel, if I talk about Bishop Barron or Shia LaBeouf, hundred thousand views, no problem. Here you go, enjoy. If I talk about uh, whether or not it is a sin to not get the vaccination, as some bishops seem to suggest, I I get striked. I, I've just got to notice that you can't talk about this. You're not allowed. We have deleted this content. We're taking it off. You are uh, spreading misinformation and confusing the community. I mean, we live in a day and an age where we are not allowed to talk about the things on social media, big tech platform, uh, that are of consequence, that really ought to be talked about. What are, what are the alternatives, Joshua Mercer? Well, so here's the thing, Joe. I mean, what you're saying is absolutely correct, that sometimes there's there's the public screen, you know, like where YouTube will shut you out from saying something or TikTok banned us here, you know. That's the stuff that's more public face and noticeable. I also, I also want to just let your uh, listeners know, in fact, there's another form of censorship that you might not even see. Like, there's banks that refuse to do yeah. business with us. Like, we can't even open up an account. And right. like, wait, what? Like, no one's going to know we have a checking account with you. What, what's the problem? But they don't like our political views. Right. And they say no. And so we're seeing some of that stuff. I mean, it's not just New York saying no to the NRA to try to shut them down. Uh, so that stuff happens. Even pro-family groups have, have problems with that kind of stuff. Um I'm the guy who ends up having to do a lot of paperwork on that. But it is a form of censorship, and it's, and it's somewhat hidden. I think that's why it's so critical to have Catholic radio, to have you know uh, resources like Catholic Vote does with both our website, catholicvote.org, and our daily email called The Loop. And even sometimes that, we get Gmail giving us issues and stuff like that. But I feel like you need to support the organization. You, If you support Catholic radio, make sure you give you know every month uh, and, and listen to it. Um, you know, and and the your favorite podcast, you know, your favorite, you know, I, I hope you like Kevin Woods' email too, the loop. Mm-hmm. Oh, we did. We make sure that you we get keep a connection morning. with these organizations and, and like Catholic Radio and these institutions. You financially support them and then you follow them on as many channels as possible. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, the guys here on this radio show are bold and they're going to say what they want to say and they're not going to have the, the, the fear of these tech censorships and neither do we at Catholic Vote. We're going to talk we're going to tweet like we're ready to be banned at any moment. Amen. So we're hold to- that thought, fear Joshua God, Mercer. We don't, fear, we don't fear social media. Amen. Uh, hold that thought. Joshua Mercer, Communications Director for CatholicVote.org, is our guest. We're going to continue this conversation right after this very quick break. Do us a favor and share us with a friend. We'd be grateful. We'll be right back. Men, it's time. Participate in the next National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood on Saturday, October 15th, 1130 a.m. to 330 p.m. in Boston. There is a man connected to every abortion. Men are a big part of the problem, and it's time for all men to take responsibility and be a big part of the solution. All men of goodwill are invited to participate in the march, and everyone else is needed to show up for the rally beginning at 2 p.m. outside of the Statehouse. For more information, go to themensmarch.com and spread the word. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. What is the life expectancy of any human organization to exist under one rule of law? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the deceit of dominance. Kingdoms, empires, and societies all come and all go. Why? Moral decay, a blind eye, and defiance to the order of a civil society. Secondly, history. Kingdoms such as the Persians, the Greeks, the Ottomans, even the Roman Empire made it for around a thousand years, but soon they all find themselves failing, imploding, and and finally splitting. Ah, but there's one that has survived, the Catholic Church, and under one rule of law. And thirdly, my take, a promise. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would infuse the apostles with a divine glue that would hold his church together. It is a human impossibility that the Catholic Church would persist through time, terror, and trouble. Well, the Rolling Stones have lasted 60 years, the Atlanta Braves about 150, the teetering Southern Baptists about 180, but we're still here 2,000 years later, and the best is yet to come. Find me online at Smarty Pants Catholic Evangelism. Praise be to Jesus Christ. I guess I had a Joe Biden moment just a minute ago. Uh, just trying to make an E. Michael Jones reference. <laughs> Somehow, some way, I, 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 I uh, hmm, conflated is the right proper term. Conflated. Forty and slip. Forty and slip. It means when you uh, say uh, one yeah. thing but mean your mother. Yeah. I mean what is that? <laughs> what? Hmm. So I was trying to say E. Michael Jones. I ended up saying E. Michael Lofton. Yep. And I don't think Lofton's first initial is an E. Well, so no. yeah, conflated, conflated the two. So may I culpa to both of you? It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> All right, praise be to God. Joining us once again right now is uh, Joshua Mercer from CatholicVote.org, talking about censorship and and banning and all of that, and uh, it, it, just in time for the midterms, by the way. So, uh, do you, you? You, I was reading your press release here. It does seem like you think that there's something to that. Do you think they're going to put a hammer on a lot of people in the run up here in the last couple of months? Well, I know that as we get closer to elections, especially like um, or conservative organizations, uh, they mention the fact that you know email delivery becomes much more difficult. Um, you know, there are uh, you know sometimes they'll they'll ban you from YouTube, and other platforms. So that kind of stuff, you know, especially as more people are tuning in. I mean, from Labor Day to Election Day, this is this is the you know prime time mm-hmm. for election season where people are, are, are more engaged and paying more attention as we get closer to the results. So, yeah, the social media companies, uh, the the tech companies, that's when they unfortunately uh, dial it up. We've been dealing with issues with Facebook the last two weeks. We think it's, we got it solved, but you know, it, yeah, again, it, it's a never-ending battle. And as we get closer to decision time, when more people want to pay attention, mm-hmm. that's when they want to shut them down the most. So, you know, I was just thinking, I had a uh, a friend over at Fuzati, which is a marketing firm owned and operated by Catholics. And uh, when, when Ireland was going through their abortion referendum, the pro-life side hired Fuzati to help them manage their Facebook accounts to help get ads out to, to make sure the vote was, was, uh, was people were getting out to vote, et cetera, et cetera. The opposition found out that Fuzati was an American-based company, and they basically had them kicked out of the country. You know, and that's the kind of stuff that we have to deal with. The rules uh, seem to be unfairly applied. Uh, only one side is allowed to have that public square of, uh, voice. As we were talking about in the last segment, you know, we've seen lots of strikes here at, uh, at Catholic Drive Time in particular. You have as well. And, uh, and I still, I'm so grateful that radio is a medium that we are allowed to have conversations of consequence on. We are allowed to talk about things on radio 
that the big tech oligarchs simply won't allow us to have. But what saddens me, though, Josh, is let's just be honest. Most people are moving away from the old school radio uh, technology. They are embracing every convenience that our phones provide us. I'm no different. I do the same thing. And, and yet, that is a strategy that's not going to help us reach the masses. It's quite the opposite. I almost see a day in, a, in an age where we're going to have to go back to small-time printing presses in our garages and passing out pamphlets. How do you see the next 10 years? You know, honestly, Joe, Catholic Vote, even, you know, we started as an Internet-based, you know, advocacy organization. The Internet was absolutely integral to everything we do, our website, email. We're one of the pioneers on YouTube. Like, our video on YouTube we did in 2008, I mean, YouTube was only started in 2005, just to give you an idea. Uh, we were, like, one of the first groups to really embrace that technology. We'd, our video got 3 million views back in 2008. I mean, that was just huge unheard of right so we were born in that environment we we reach out to all these different channels but we have a holistic approach right so even on the internet email is considered old school right but that's our bread and butter with our daily email loop but that's not it we do texting so we get messages out through texting you know what you're saying that that's a little bit easier to get a, a, around the social media companies that way. We can directly send a video to somebody. Mm-hmm. We also, though, yes, we even go oldest of old schools, Joe. We print out newspapers in areas and let people know what, what's going on. In, in, in other words, we don't go, we don't use an ad in the Minneapolis Star Tribune, for example. We will print out a newspaper in Minneapolis in, in certain areas and let people know the issues that are going on. So, um, everything we do is, is on, with the same understanding that you guys have. We don't complain about the media. We are the media. Be the media. Mm-hmm. So we are the way to communicate with our audience. We don't want a filter of TikTok. We don't want YouTube filter. We want to go around people as much as we can, go directly to them, and let them know what's going on. Yeah. And it's, it's That's very- why I think Catholic Radio is absolutely important amen i agree it's important for for us to stay connected to those organizations that are going to provide us this information and because the other thing is like uh there's not i I think of my experience last 20 years working in catholic nonprofit work and having to fundraise and you're you're speaking to people of great capacity and uh, you're like golly jewish would you help support us and and how hard that is sometimes to actually get that support we live off the back of the widow's might and the many thousands of Catholic Radio listeners here. But in thinking about the larger capacity donors, they'll donate to things like schools, the Dossison uh, and endeavors, the Catholic charities. These are all good things, but who's going to come together and provide a data server farm for Catholic organizations like us to protect us for when that lobbyist calls and tries to apply intimidation and, and pressure upon, upon us? Because one phone call from somebody like that to your email service provider could delete your account. And they may not even give you your emails as backup. I mean, think about that. We are living on a thread, and uh, our ability to reach the masses at a time where it's most critical is uh, pretty is pretty fragile at times. Do you well, say? Go ahead. You bring up a very good point, and I would like to just let you know, and also your listeners, that there are um, alternative institutions that are being created, even behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. there's there's now like a Catholic guy I know, he's a really great guy. I'm forgetting the name. Of his company, but he he's running a merchant account, so a credit card account, so you don't have to work because we dealt with that. We had a merch, merchant services account. Your listeners are like, what what is this? I don't understand. As an 
Catholic Radio, if they want to accept credit card donations or Catholic Vote wants to accept credit card donations, you need to have a merchant account set up, right? It's kind of like the behind the scenes stuff that uh, basic business operations you need. And we got shut out on one of those. So we went to another one. You know, they're both, one was secular, the other was secular. But now we have a Catholic guy who started it and says, listen, I'm not going to shut you out if you're Catholic. I'm not going to shut you out if you're pro-life. We're, you know, we're going to keep going. Now, you might still deal if issues that, like with Visa, if Visa still gives you an end run, that might, you, you still got that problem. But, a lot, you know, that's, there's some, some of that, some of that great stuff happening, really, really good stuff happening behind the scenes. We're starting to create alternative infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, big tech is massive. And, you know, but it, it's just the way I look at it. It's like water downhill. We're going to find one way or another right. to get our message out through the, through, God's grace, we're, we're not going to let these guys stop us. Amen, Mr. Mercer. You know, I was, I was uh, thinking about the, just what you were saying right now. Um, you know, the, there's a temptation, right, for people to say, well, we'll just do it our own way. And then they look at it, and it's a David and Goliath moment. They're looking at uh, YouTube, for example. And they forget that, you know, for YouTube to get where it was today, it took several years. And they get discouraged. They don't start anything. So I'm glad to hear that, you know, there are Catholics out there who are taking the initiative to start merchant services accounts, uh, maybe to to go and, and start server farms and all of those different things that we need so that the infrastructure that we need so that we can continue to get the word out. You know, it's it's I know it's discouraging to look at these giant corporations and say, well, there's no way that we'll ever compete against them. It just discourages them from trying. And I, I think we need to get out of that mindset. Well, and we're also saying, you know, I do think you know, we can apply some political pressure here because, you know, if, for example, Republicans take the House in the November elections, which I, I think is a very good possibility, <laughs> then we're certainly going to be among the voices uh, when the new Congress is sworn in in January that say, it's time to have hearings on this stuff. You know, uh, get the investigative power of congressional hearings and bring some of these tech guys before them and make them squirm. I mean, it does make a difference. You know, Facebook has reached out to conservative organizations and Republican-leading organizations and pro-life groups and kind of backed down a little bit and said, listen, if you get some stuff, you know, if you get some setbacks, come talk to us, and we'll try to correct some of that. Because they realized, you know, at the end of the day, they would lose a lot of money and they would lose an audience. Um, but, you know, it would be worth it, you know, like to have congressional hearings and say, listen, you set yourself up as a platform. Um, you're not a publisher. You're not like the Washington Post where you pick and choose what you decide to, you know, and filter what you decide people to see, which is fine if you're the Washington Post, you're a newspaper kind of thing. But if you're a platform where you say anyone can come on here and post a video or can share a photo, then all of a sudden you're saying, well, wait a minute now, this organ- advocacy organization over here can't post photos. It's like, well, wait, we can't post photos. Are they, is it obscenity? You know, is it violent? No, 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 no. We just disagree with your views. Like, well, then you're not a platform. You're a publisher, and that's censorship. And we definitely need to raise up our voices and say we have a bill of rights still. Now, uh, we have a, just a couple minutes left with Joshua Mercer. But I'll, let me push back just a little bit here. We saw uh, Josh Hawley have some wonderful moments of making uh, Zuckerberg squirm in his seat, and I gave God praise for that. That was enjoyable. I enjoyed that. But that in a nickel has gotten us nowhere. They, I mean, they can have... They can have uh, some of these uh, in- incredible encounters, but at the same time, Facebook is still notorious for its uh, censorship. They actually 
will block images of holy holy images, and they'll put content warnings on top, so you can't see them. So I think you have to put yes, more teeth to this. We we still get monkey business from them. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying that they've had this conversion yeah. necessarily. I'm just saying that they felt some of the heat, and then so then they started to back down from some of the more egregious stuff. What you said is still unacceptable. But my point Should is, we take, I guess my heat, last question they realized is, they needed to back away a little bit. Let me get this in before we run out of time. Do you think we ought to remove their protections from lawsuits uh, in the next? Uh, if we can, if the conservatives take back the House and the Senate, you think they should remove their protections from lawsuits? Well, that unfortunately is not going to happen until you have uh, a president who would be willing to sign such a legislation into law, and so that's not going to happen for for another three years. But I do think they should have hearings on this kind of stuff, and you can st- certainly use the subpoena power and and um, get documents from their company and, and make them really squirm. And so you can make you can you can change their behavior in the next two years here through congressional actions and hearings mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, we we can snap them into shape a little bit. And we've seen that uh, recently a new trend: uh, you can subpoena people and then throw them in jail if they don't show up. So. <laughs> I guess that that's a good thing. Uh, we're about to find out whether or not crazy times, right? Crazy times we live in. Uh, let me just encourage you to get on the Daily Loop. We use it all the every single day. We get the Daily Loop in our inbox, and uh, it's it's a great tool to keep us informed and figuring out what stories are of greater consequence for you. So you can go to CatholicVote.org and get signed up today. Let me encourage you to do that if you're not already on it. Joshua Mercer, God bless you, my friend. Thanks for being on with us. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, praise be to God. God bless you, E. Michael Jones and Michael Lofton. Sorry for conflating you two earlier. Hey, if you could join us in the next hour, Hector Molina is going to be our guest. Talk about the Sunday Gospel. Join us at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Hi, this is Father Stephen Imbarato. Join us in Boston for the next National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood on Saturday, October 15th. Men, we will gather outside the Planned Parenthood to begin the march, and then we're going to meet everyone else for a 2 p.m. rally outside of the State House, where I'll be speaking about constitutional personhood for the pre-born and where we need to go from here. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Again, details, mensmarch.com. Join us and spread the word. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Why is your Protestant Bible four ounces lighter than my Catholic Bible? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a faulty scale? Nope. Well, maybe it's just the weight of the paper or the cover or the binding or some introductory comments. We wish it were just that simple. No, it's the seven books that got dismissed by team Martin Luther. Secondly, audacity. Audacity allowed Luther and others to extract time-tested truths of Scripture and key letters from the canon. What? Yes. About 1,200 years after the Bible canon was fully established, they rejected seven Old Testament books. Not only that, Luther placed the New Testament books of James and Jude, Hebrews and Revelation in a category called, quote, the disputed books. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. If I were to write a deeply personal letter to my wife regarding our future descendants, don't be taking seven of my choice paragraphs out of that letter. Why? You might be robbing those future descendants of a little bit of who Papa was. Now, don't you do that. 
Hi, this is Pam Stenzel. Come participate in the next National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood on Saturday, October 15th in Boston. Men gather outside of the Planned Parenthood on Commonwealth at 11.30 a.m. for the march, and then everyone else show up at the 2 p.m. rally outside of the State House, where I'll be speaking about the need to value and protect every pre-born baby from fertilization. For more information, go to themensmarch.com and spread the word. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox. Goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today. Here at KSHJ, 1430 AM, Houston, Texas, we don't mess with the truth. We hear it, live it, and love it. So good to be on with you. Wow. Just struggling this morning. I'm still like, the trip beat me up. I, I forget sometimes that I'm an old man. And I, and I can't do what I used to do. I never forget that. You know, like go without sleep for a week. Like I used to be able to do that. Like in who, your, needs, who needs sleep? In your old age, you're, they're going to lead you where you don't want to go, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> like to the doctor later this afternoon. So, yikes. Uh, just uh, just a struggle and kind of a morning. But we had a great conversation with Joshua Mercer just now from CatholicVote.org. And uh, oh, we're uh, very grateful for his time today. You know, and I can't emphasize it enough. It is so vitally important that you are connected to the Guadalupe Radio Network, to those organizations that make a difference for you, that provide you the kind of insight and information that you need. Because uh, the day and the age where the Catholic voice can be heard in the public square is, is diminishing before you. So stay connected. And that's why I like to push our mobile app a lot. Now, there are upgrades I would like to do to the mobile app. You can find the mobile app right now in your app store, Guadalupe Radio Network. Just search it for in your app store. Download it for free. Yes, you can listen live to your local GRN radio station. Yes, you can find contact information for your local GM. And I encourage you to get connected to your local GM. Know who they are. A volunteer for them. Um, visit them. Visit the studio. It's a wonderful thing to do because it's your Catholic radio station. I would like to upgrade the app. Unfortunately, it's not an inexpensive endeavor. We're talking forty plus thousand dollars to do everything that I want to do in the app. And if we can do that, well, college you is. Um, it will be a one stop shop for the GRN to stay connected directly to you. And then it wouldn't matter what uh, the big tech oligarchs think of our conversations. We could still have them and still stay connected to you and provide you the kind of information that you are expecting. So download your Guadalupe Radio Network mobile app today, iOS and Android. Just search for the Guadalupe Radio Network. By the way, we we link to all of this stuff on our website. So the podcast feed is there. We have uh, clips from past content, from past conversations there, including some of the banned ones. Um, it's been a while since I posted some of those banned ones, but maybe I'll have to go back and post some of the banned content there. Um, so that way you can still access it since YouTube is deleting it from our accounts. Uh, but you can find all kinds of information, who we are, what we do, what radio stations you can find us on locally, all that and more on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. 
That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Now, if you are a iTunes kind of person and you listen to the podcast via iTunes, do us a favor because right now you're probably listening to me and you're not live. You're, this is like you're in your car, you've downloaded the podcast, and you're just getting caught up. Well, uh, whatever you're doing, pause, pull over, you know, just ditch into a parking lot someplace and take the moment to leave us a five-star review. Uh, that will help us because that's how the game works on the, in the iTunes world. The more five-star reviews you have, the more they are likely to show this content to other people. In fact, other non-Catholics. So we're in the Christian category. They lump everybody into this one category. And uh, the way you get access to new people, new strangers, is based on the number of five-star reviews. So in your kindness, do us a favor and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It does make a big difference for our show in reaching new people for the glory of God and for the salvation of souls. Joining us in a minute here is going to be uh, our good friend Hector Molina to jump into the Sunday gospel. And uh, with something we, we decided we start doing was to help you for better prepare for the Sunday gospel. Uh, so you read ahead. Now, do you guys do you guys read the gospel ahead, Rudy? Are you one of those kind of guys? Uh, I really should be. But, uh, you know, I say I should be because, uh, you know, with a, a little toddler, it's hard to focus during the Mass, so we do our very best. But um, I think it's a great way to to understand the readings a little bit more and be able to to relate to them. And yeah. so I appreciate uh, Hector Molina coming on and doing that because it's, it's such a service. Um, you Adrian, know, do you read the Gospel ahead of time? Nope. Nope? Nope. I do. Um, in fact... Most days, mm. I will just uh, I'll just pray the rosary during mass. Actually, I don't even follow along in the missal. Mm. I what I do is I read the gospel before mass, sometimes twice, and the epistle because uh, I go to the sixty-two mass, uh, and then I read it again when Father's reading it in Latin, mm. and then I put it away to listen to it proclaimed in English, mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes I'll have to read it again after mass. Because depending on my how uh, how lightheaded I am that day, yeah. I may need to really set the hook well. So I try to read it more than once every single Sunday. But joining us now by by a telephone is our good friend Hector Molina. Good morning to you, Hector. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Do you read the gospel before Sunday? Of course, <laughs> <laughs> I read it a couple of weeks before uh, the actual Sunday. So. <laughs> Wow, a couple weeks before. How, how, how do you keep track? How do, yeah, it's like, yeah, how do you organize this? <laughs> well, since I do my weekly podcast, um, and it's a pretty intensive deep dive Bible study, I, I need to be ahead of the liturgical cycle just so that I'm preparing, you know, mm. so that it, the word marinates in my soul and I'm able to really digest it mm. and, uh, and reflect upon it so that when it's time to film and record the podcast, you know, I've really spent some time uh, ruminating in the word. And Makes so sense. That's, yeah, that's, just, that's kind of my process. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I spent a good couple of weeks uh, with uh, with each gospel for every Sunday. By the way, you can find Hector's podcast on his website, hectormolina.com. Highly encourage you to do so. A great Thank deep you, dive on the gospel passages. Praise be to God. So, what is the gospel for this Sunday? Well, it is the iconic parable that Jesus delivers regarding the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, it's found in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. 
And it is a pretty iconic parable and one that has uh, mystified commentators uh, for centuries, much like last week's gospel regarding the rich man and the dishonest steward. That's probably mm. the most controversial mm. of, of parables. But Jesus is on a roll here because he has delivered three successive parables regarding money and wealth. He began with the prodigal son. Obviously, the son goes off, takes his inheritance and squanders it on loose women, wine, and song. And then we have this parable, the dishonest servant from last week, where the steward basically mismanages the property and wealth of his master. And then now we have this other parable regarding the rich man and Lazarus, regarding this rich man who lived large, as we say nowadays, and who neglected the poor man Lazarus who basically sat at his gate every day. And so there's a theme that courses through these Gospels, and you kind of scratch your head and wonder why. Well, look at the audience. I mean, he's obviously with his disciples. There's a multitude following him, but he's been engaging with, you guessed it, (laughs) the scribes Mm. and the Pharisees. And in fact, if you were to back up between last Sunday's Gospel and this weekend's Gospel, you have the following statement. It says, verse 14, the Pharisees were who were lovers of money heard all this, and they scoffed at him. So we have that detail between these last two parables, and it kind of clues us into the fact that Jesus, knowing their hearts, is reaching out to them, seeking to evangelize them, seeking to warn them about the dangers of the love of mammon and so he he shares this parable regarding this rich man and this poor man named Lazarus both of them die one goes to the bosom of Abraham and the other goes to Hades and so there's a reversal of fortune that takes place and the rich man cries out to Abraham you know why don't you send Lazarus to go back mm. and warn my family my five brothers you know because I don't want them to end up here and he still views Lazarus as kind of a servant, as, as a lesser than person. He wants him to go and, and, and do the, his bidding. But Abraham says, no, you know, during your lifetime, you lived large and you didn't really care about those around you. And poor Lazarus has been at your front gate starving to death. Yeah. And uh, now this is your, 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 your fortune. This is what you've inherited. And so it is a stark warning for the Pharisees and for all of us who are given to materialism, no surprise there, that we must be very careful about the dangers of love of mammon and that we have to ask ourselves, who are the Lazaruses in our lives? Who are those that the Lord has placed around us for Mm -hmm. us to minister to and to help? Yeah, you know, I've always, uh, when I thought about this passage, I always had put on my apologetics hat. And I've always pointed mm-hmm. out uh, the, the issues here that we often get criticized for uh, from non-Catholics, like the use of the word father in this, you know, yeah. call no man father. Mm-hmm. And yet here in this gospel, our Lord is giving us an example of someone calling someone else father. Uh, and that mm-hmm. person is not God, you know, so that was interesting. And then, of course, exactly. uh, the dead having some kind of awareness of what the living are up to. Uh, exactly. Because the rich man is trying to intercede on behalf of his brothers. Which is interesting, because then the question becomes, Hector, is the rich man in hell? Is the rich man in purgatory? 
because he's trying to intercede for his brothers, something people in hell can't and won't do. That has been the raging question for the past <laughs> 20 centuries, where exactly is. And there are arguments, coming arguments, in favor of it being considered purgatory. And at the same time, there are arguments, significant ones, I think compelling ones, against it. I would venture to say that this uh, allegory, that this example, this parable, essentially paints a picture of the afterlife. Essentially, they are in shale or in Hades. By the time of our blessed Lord, Hades had a connotation for hell. And you can go back and, and cite Jesus through the Gospels where he makes reference to Hades, and it has that connotation of the lake of fire and the pit. So for our purposes, when we look at this, we see that that Lazarus is in Abraham's bosom, which is his eternal reward. He's being comforted there. He's in the abode of the righteous dead. And you have Lazarus, who through his gluttony, through his materialism, his love of mammon, and his neglect of the poor, because of those sins of omission, he winds up in the lake of fire. He winds up in Hades. He's talking about the torment. And so when you parse it out, I mean, it's really fascinating to kind of look into it, but I think there's compelling evidence to suggest that he is showing us this picture of, of heaven and hell mm-hmm. using this metaphor of the abode of the dead. Obviously, he had not resurrected from the dead as of yet to liberate the captives. So in the, they're in their holding pattern until the resurrection. Um, but nevertheless, the image is there. The suffering and the torment of those who die not in the state of grace mm-hmm. and those who ultimately are going to be re- rewarded for their faithfulness. And, and obviously God loves the poor and is close to the brokenhearted. And so you see this, this care. It's funny because Lazarus, the name means God has helped. Huh. But during his lifetime, it really didn't seem like God was helping him. Hmm. And essentially God uses us as instruments to help the poor but Lazarus failed in that regard. But in the afterlife, we see him redeemed. We see him being helped by the Lord and received into the bosom of the patriarch Abraham. And so this is a very stunning parable, which is the final parable of this trilogy of parables. And the Pharisees' heads must have been spinning. I mean, they were they were absolutely outraged with what Jesus was doing here because he was really preaching to them, and I think we need to kind of see ourselves in the Pharisees and recognize the many ways in which we fall short mm-hmm. of that ideal of love of neighbor. Uh, you know, the the rich man didn't, it doesn't say he committed murder, adultery, didn't say that he broke any of the commandments outright, but his sin, his gravest sin was that of that sin of omission, of not caring for and loving his neighbor. Yeah. And that's something that we can oftentimes overlook because we're looking at the the commandments and checking them off and saying, okay, I haven't done that, I haven't done that. Well, how have we loved our neighbor? That's the fundamental question. The crime isn't being rich. The crime is lacking in charity towards our neighbor. All right, Hector Molina, thank you for your insight. We we appreciate it. Uh, Go to HectorMolina.com for his podcast and get connected to him right away. HectorMolina.com. Hector, we'll see you next time. All right, coming up next is Fear and Trembling. You're going to learn something, and you may win prizes, but call right now, 877-757-9424. Call now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. 
In 1 Timothy, it says that Jesus is our sole mediator, yet we pray to Mary and the saints. Is that going against the Bible? 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 says, There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. By praying to the saints, we're accused of going against the Bible because it seems we are making the saints mediators between God and man, not just Jesus. In the Old Testament, we see that Moses, Abraham, and Job interceded on behalf of others. That's mediating between God and man. Plus, we know that it is okay to ask others here on earth to pray and intercede for us. That's mediating between God and man. So once again, we have a situation where a passage of the Bible is being misinterpreted and misunderstood. There is only one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. But as members of the body of Christ, he allows us to share in his mediation. Scripture says that we have only one foundation, Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 3.11. But Scripture says that there is more than one foundation, Ephesians 2.19 and 20. Scripture says that we have only one Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians 4, verses 4 and 5. But Scripture says there is more than one Lord, Revelations 19, 16. Scripture says that we have only one judge, Jesus Christ, James 4, verse 12. But Scripture tells us there is more than one judge, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 2. Contradictions in Scripture? No, not when these passages are read in context. Jesus is the only foundation, Jesus is the only Lord, and Jesus is the only judge. But we are members of Jesus' body. Therefore, we are able, according to the graces given by Christ, to share in Jesus' role as foundation, as Lord and as judge, and in other aspects of Christ as well. Another example, as a father, I share in God's role as the Father by His grace. And so also the saints in heaven can and do share in Christ's role as mediator. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now, your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show with secrets and agendas that you're just not allowed to tell anybody. You know what I'm saying? Don't make me call the IRS on you. Just don't do it. Don't share. But there are a few things we like to do on the down low here. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something that you did not know before. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh, a good chuckle. And our callers are actually amazing. Praise be to Jesus. And then we give out prizes, which makes this kind of a winner for everybody involved. And uh, if you're new here, let me explain. I do have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me. And um, the kicker is we don't ask the caller the questions. So they don't even need to know. They may not know a single correct answer, but could still actually win the game. And that's because instead of asking them, I shall ask Rudy and I shall ask Adrian. One of them will give us a correct answer. The other one will give us an incorrect answer. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock. They'll have to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer then will go into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. Our sponsor this week is the Troops of St. George. You might be wondering, who are the Troops of St. George? Well, the Troops of St. George Apostolate aims to use the outdoors as their canvas and the sacraments 
as the path to light the way for the formation of holy Catholic men and boys. It's so necessary today. Now, whether called to the vocation of priesthood, the religious life, or that of the Holy Fatherhood, our fathers and sons will make a prayerful pilgrimage together to fulfill Christ's desire for them to grow in virtue Amen. and their holy Catholic faith as they journey towards heaven. St. George, pray for us. Uh, I, I, Joe, you mentioned mm-hmm. they're not just in the Dallas area, so they, no, could, be, they could be in your neck of the woods. So right. you could check out uh, troopsofstgeorge.org and yeah. uh, try and see if there's one around you because it's fantastic. It's uh, the Catholic... Yeah. Boy Scouts. Yeah, and they got the coolest uniforms. Okay. Yeah, they do. They got like it's uh, pretty, based it's pretty fatigues. Cool. As the, as <laughs> based as the kids base, say. Based as the kids say. Based no cap, whatever the kids are saying. These days. <laughs> well, the, in the any case, are baller. Uh, in any case, the winner this week is going to receive a custom paracord mm. rosary with wow. Italian olive wood and a uh, a tumbler and a water bottle, all so with cool. the troops of St. George Regalia. Praise be to God. Well, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Of stgeorge.org. Troops of St. George.org, thank you for your generous custom pack to give away to our audience this week. We are very, very grateful. Let's go to the phones. Max, good morning to you. Good morning, sir. Praise be to God, Max. Where are you calling from? Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. The mighty, the mighty, mighty, mighty Houston, Texas. Right here in River City, as they say. Now, Max, have you been on before? Yes, I have. Okay, it's been a while. Remind us, where do you go to church? Uh, uh, the Charismatic Center. Nice downtown. I used to help yeah. uh, help run men's conferences there many many moons ago. Now I feel like it was Father funny. Mike. Huh? Yeah, back in the Father Mike days, way <laughs> yeah. back in the days. Well, we're glad to have you on, Mike. Uh, praise be to God. Uh, you must know the rules. Then you, you're a veteran of the yes, show, sir, so you know, you know, you uh, know. You ready to play? Yes, sir. yes I am. All right, uh, and uh, Rudy is too apparently because he's wearing a tie today. Ah, yes. So, good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Today I have a silk fleur, a fleur, that's fleur. my, uh, that's my French accent there. Fleur. Fleur de lis. Fleur. Is that what it is? Petite fleur. I don't know. It's a Marian tie. It reminded me of our Mother Mary, so. Wow. Anyway. Very nice. Very pray nice. for the guy who died. Because you only get one. your ties yeah. from, I only get them for I, hand me up shops. Look in rich neighborhoods. I go to funeral homes. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, just, just kidding. Yeah. I get them at thrift stores. That was cringy. I'm going right, to be honest I'm with sorry. you. Never mind. All right. Are Bad you joke. ready to play, Rudy? I am ready. All right. Let's do this. That was so cringy. <laughs> All right. Could you tell me who is the speaking of which? This is hilarious. I, we did not plan this. But who was the patron saint of lost articles, like ties, for instance? Oh, of course. Uh, articles. You're talking about articles. Okay. Lost uh, articles. Saint Periodical. Really? Yes. Saint Periodical. Yes. Huh. Where are they from? Uh, well, I don't know. I have no <laughs> Not idea. Not sure. <laughs> saint Periodical. Okay. Could be. It absolutely could be. But let's just get a second opinion. Adrian, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Praise be to God. Uh, could you tell me who is the patron saint of lost articles? Ah, yes. Well, this is uh, everyone's favorite saint. Is it? The patron saint of lost keys, one might say. <laughs> also happens to be the patron uh-huh. saint of uh, uh-huh. finding yourself a holy spouse. Really? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Lost articles. That will be St. Anthony of Padua. Oh. Uh, St. Anthony of Padua. Mm-hmm. You're not talking about newspapers. Uh, articles. I'm talking oh. about articles. Oh. So... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Max in Houston. Is it St. Anthony of Padua, as uh, Adrian is suggesting, or is it St. Periodical, as Rudy wants us to believe? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Max, what say you? 
We will go with AJ. You just have to, huh? You, you get what choice do you have, Max? Like, not, <laughs> don't be ashamed. Max. Okay, don't don't feel guilty. Okay, sometimes we do have to admit Adrian is correct publicly. It's, Always, yeah. it's just part of the humiliation process. <laughs> just, and it's not my fault. It's not his fault. Okay, it's not definitely not. I can't but help being right all the time. You are correct. It is in Anthony right. of Padua Saint Periodical. I thought you were talking about articles, newspaper <laughs> articles. Never mind. No, St. Anthony of Padua, which, by the way, uh, St. Anthony, mm, your record with me is not stellar, okay? Just saying, putting that out there. All right, let's go to question number two. Uh, I think this is an easy one. Easy uh, enough. No. No? You're not, not good bad. This is pretty hard. Let's just see. Adrian, could you tell me, can a lay person like myself administer extreme unction? Well, not like yourself, but other lay people. <laughs> Are able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Lay people, lay ministers of extreme unction. Yes. That's it. It's called an extraordinary minister of extreme lay unction. Extraordinary ministers mm -hmm. of people. And they, uh, but they can only give spiritual anointings of the sick. Oh, it's I a very see. important distinction. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, that's the get out of jail free card right there. So lay extraordinary ministers of extreme unction was mm -hmm. your answer. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, Rudy, maybe you could help. Uh, are lay folk. Allowed to administer extreme unction. Lay folk with an X on it at the end. Lay folk. Volks in the German. Volks, like Volkswagen. No, the like. X is inclusive for anyway. Okay. In any okay. case, no, they may not unk people. <laughs> they can't do it. No Only unking. a priest can do it. No unking of people while laying. Only a priest can unk somebody. I see. Okay. Well, uh, Max at the Charismatic Center at Houston, Texas, you got options. Question is, can lay folk administer extreme unction? Rudy is a definite no, hard pass. Can't do it. Got to be a priest or a bishop. Whereas Adrian is like, yeah, the extreme ministers of holy unction or extreme unction. Uh, so 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Max, what say you? Let's go with Rudy this time. What? You what? Are you wow. not going to go with your boy Adrian? Good energy. Yeah, I'm, I wanted to. I really Duh. did. But. Uh, you really? We actually covered this topic. What was it? Last, last, yeah, last week, week, right? Week before? Thursday afternoon. No, it was Friday morning. It was Friday morning. I know oh, because yeah, I was yeah. sitting in, in the middle of a national park hacking <laughs> oh, someone's Wi-Fi <laughs> in order to be able to do the show <laughs> at 2 o'clock in the morning, trying to avoid hitting elk. Yep. So that's how I remember that. But you're right. I no, remember that. I remember that. No lay folk can, it can administer extreme unction. must come from a, uh, an ordained priest or bishop. All right. Praise be to God. You're in for two. You could make this a perfect score. But I'm going to be honest with you, Max, okay, because I'm on your side. This is easily the hardest question we have had since yesterday. Wow. Yeah. yeah since yesterday. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I, <sighs> mind blown. This is, this is like doctorate level stuff here. Okay. Are you ready, Max? Oh, it's over. Yes, sir. Just resign. Just hang up. <laughs> we will go to Rudy first with this one. <laughs> Rudy, can you tell me what term is used for women who have vowed their chastity to God for the purpose of being more closely united to Christ. What do we call them? I call them beautiful. Okay. But uh, mm -hmm. the church calls them the bride of Christ or none. Interesting. Like like none they don't exist or? Yeah. Okay. They none. nullify themselves. They nullify themselves. Yeah. Interesting. So your answer was bride of Christ or none. Or none. Yeah. Okay. Adrian, I wonder what you will say here. What term is used for women who have vowed their chastity to God for the purpose of being more closely united to Jesus? Ah, yes. That would be the focalari. Really? Yes. 
the, they call that the Focalari. They call that the Focalari. I think I saw that in an X-Files episode one time. Interesting. Isn't X-Files. that a, uh, hmm, I thought that was a, that's an album from the 60s, right? The I Focalari. was not around the 60s. I have no idea. Peter, Paul, and Mary or something? I, I forget. Know, I have no clue what you're talking okay. about. Interesting. <laughs> All right, Max, you got options here. Uh, what is the term used for women who have vowed their chastity to God? For the purposes of being more closely united to Jesus, is it as Adrian says, the focalari, or is it as Rudy suggests, the bride of Christ, or just simply a nun? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Max in Houston, what say you? Well, I want to go with Adrian, but I can't because it's wrong answer. So I'm going with Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> I need my bell back. Actually, they took the bell away from me. There it is. Praise be to God. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Congratulations. You didn't fall for it. It is the Bride of Christ is the correct answer or another. Yeah, the Focalari is some like lay movement or something. Yeah. 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 Different altogether. I'm sure it still is a folk album from like the 60s. I have no idea. I'm sure. No no doubt. Yeah, man. Asking the wrong person on that one. (laughs) Well, we do have uh, our good friend James Allen in studio. Maybe he'll know. I'm sure he would. But, Max, thanks for having a laugh with us today. You were a lot of fun. Praise be to God. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Y'all are awesome. God bless you. We love having you on, Max. God bless you. Have a great day. Whatever you're doing today, we'll be praying for that. I'm going to put you on hold. But uh, that's going to do it for the radio side of our shows. Today, we have survived it by the grace of God in a very narrow thread because... Pray for me. i got a doctor's appointment later. Hey, we'll see you back here tomorrow. We're going to talk about Our Lady of Knock on the show tomorrow. And Dave Palmer is back for Back to the Father. So we'll talk about some Thomism. And you and I together will be lost in all of that. (laughs) Otherwise, join us in the after show right now on one of our live video streams, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Thursday, the 25th week in Ordinary Time. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Come, Holy Ghost, Creator blessed, and in our hearts take up thy rest. Come with thy grace and heavenly aid. To fill the hearts which thou hast made.
me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, and you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. Almighty God, have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who founded all the commands of your sacred law upon love of you and of our neighbor, grant that by keeping your precepts we may merit to attain eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Ecclesiastes. Vanity of vanities, says Koheleth. Vanity of vanities. All things are vanity. What profit has man from all the labor which he toils at under the sun? One generation passes and another comes, but the world forever stays. The sun rises and the sun goes down. Then it presses on to the place where it rises, blowing now toward the south, then toward the north. The winds turn again and again, resuming its rounds. All rivers go to the sea, yet never does the sea become full. To the place where they go, the rivers keep on going. All speech is labored, there is nothing one can say. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor is the ear satisfied with hearing. What has been, that will be. What has been done, that will be done. Nothing is new under the sun. Even the thing of which we say, see, this is new, has already existed in the ages that preceded us. There is no remembrance of men of old, nor of those to come, where will there be any remembrance among those who come after them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. You turn man back to dust, saying, Return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are as yesterday, now that it is past, or as a watch of the night. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. You make an end of them in their sleep. The next morning they are like the changing grass, which at dawn springs up anew, but by evening wilts and fades. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. Teach us to number our days aright, 
that we may gain wisdom of heart. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. Fill us at daybreak with your kindness, that we may shout for joy and gladness all our days. Prosper the work of our hands for us. Prosper the work of our hands. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. I am the way and the truth and the life, says the Lord. No one comes to the Father except through me. Alleluia, Alleluia, The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening, and he was greatly perplexed because some were saying, John has been raised from the dead. Others were saying, Elijah has appeared. Still others, one of the ancient prophets has arisen. But Herod said, John I beheaded. Who then is this about whom I hear such things? And he kept trying to see him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This morning's first reading from the book of Ecclesiastes, we hear the very famous sayings of the vanity of vanities that Quaheleth presents. It's really kind of a perspective on life which is kind of very realistic, very factual, and also in a way slightly depressing if you don't have the gift of faith. Because really what he's pointing to is to say, you know, in this world that we live in, if this is all that we have... It's a little bit depressing to kind of look at it because no matter what you do, it's fleeting and it's going to come to an end. No matter how intelligent you are, well, one day you're going to lose that as you age and your mind begins to fade. Eventually, of course, you're going to die. That'll put an end to it. No matter how great you may be in your athletic achievements or your physical capacity, one day, too, that will be fleeting and go away. No matter how beautiful you are and how wonderful you are to look at, that too will one day pass away. And I suppose you can have children, but then you're just assigning them to that same kind of existence where nothing that they do is ultimately going to really matter. You could talk yourself into a pretty good depression just by kind of going down that road for a long time. But it really for us highlights and emphasizes what the gift of faith really means for our life. To say that with the gift of faith, by believing in Jesus to know that he is the way, the truth, and the life, it orients our life towards something much greater, towards something with an eternal purpose that really does have meaning and value, and which is absolutely essential and fundamental to be able to hand on to other things. It changes life from being kind of banal and mundane and ultra-repetitive to being something incredibly dynamic with everything at stake because every day is a drama to choose the good and avoid evil to set ourselves on a course toward eternal life and to assist other people to do it. 
know, life goes from being something kind of mundane and trivial to something absolutely astonishing and amazing, filled with value and filled with worth. This really is what the gift of faith gives to us. In today's gospel, we hear a little bit from Herod the Tetrarch. We know that in the New Testament and the gospels, the political leaders, generally speaking, are not portrayed particularly favorable because, sadly, like many politicians, they're more busy kind of chasing around for people's approval than they are with really pursuing what is most important. Whereas with Jesus, we see him in a sense disassociated with the political game because he is not seeking anyone's approval. He is not trying to appeal to the masses. He's trying to offer salvation from sin and death, and he's trying to lead us in the way of truth. And in doing that, he, of course, again, marks for us the example of what our life is all about. We're not trying to be instruments winning human approval and popularity, but rather we want to concern ourselves with the most essential things in life, which is namely to overcome sin, to strive to be holy, and to live lives of communion and love with God and with other people. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we uh, go forward today, let us ask God for the grace that in this liturgy we would remind ourselves once again and allow the Lord to remind us to seek the things which are most important in life, to seek to pass those things on to those whom we encounter and love, and to really give thanks to God for the gift of faith and the gateway to life and the fullness of life that he provides for us in Jesus Christ that gives our life such amazing value, depth, and meaning. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and for all bishops, for their physical and spiritual well-being. We pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord hear our prayer. We pray for government leaders, that they would be inspired by the Holy Spirit to enact just laws that promote and safeguard the dignity of human life from the first moment of conception to natural death and laws which never transgress the natural law of God. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and have the courage and perseverance to unite their sufferings with Christ on the cross. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers, for those joining us online and through radio, and for those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for an increase in vocations to the sacred priesthood and religious life. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray that our lives would always be oriented toward the highest goods of love and communion with God and neighbor. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Faith of our fathers, living still, in spite of touch and fire and sword. Oh, how our hearts beat 
I with joy whenever we hear that glorious word. Faith of our fathers, holy faith, we will be true to thee till death. Our fathers chained in prison stark were still in heart and conscience free and truly blessed would be our fate if we like them should die for thee faith of our fathers holy faith we will be true to thee till death Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. Receive with favor, O Lord, we pray, the offerings of your people, that what they profess with devotion and faith may be theirs through these heavenly mysteries, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and eternal God, for although you have no need of our praise, yet our thanksgiving is itself your gift. Since our praises add nothing to your greatness, but profit us for salvation through Christ our Lord. And so in company with the choirs of angels, we praise you, and with joy we proclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenisunt et terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. To you, therefore, most merciful Father, we make humble prayer and petition through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, that you accept and bless these gifts, these offerings, these holy and unblemished sacrifices which we offer you firstly for your holy Catholic Church. Be pleased to grant her peace, to guard, unite, and govern her throughout the whole world, together with your servant, Francis our Pope, and Michael our Bishop, and all those who, holding to the truth, hand on the Catholic and apostolic faith. Remember, Lord, your servants. And all gathered here whose faith and devotion are known to you, for them we offer you this sacrifice of praise, or they offer it for themselves and all who are dear to them, 
for the redemption of their souls in hope of health and well-being, and paying their homage to you, the eternal God, living and true. In communion with those whose memory we venerate, especially the glorious ever-Virgin Mary, Mother of our God and Lord Jesus Christ, and blessed Joseph, her spouse, your blessed apostles and martyrs, Peter and Paul, Andrew, James, John, Thomas, James, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Simon, and Jude, Linus, Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, Cornelius, Cyprian, Lawrence, Chrysogonus, John and Paul, Cosmas and Damian, and all your saints. We ask that through their merits and prayers in all things we may be defended by your protecting help. Therefore, Lord, we pray, graciously accept this oblation of our service, that of your whole family. Order our days in your peace and command that we be delivered from eternal damnation and counted among the flock of those you have chosen. Be pleased, O God, we pray, to bless, acknowledge, and approve this offering in every respect. Make it spiritual and acceptable, so that it may become for us the body and blood of your most beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. On the day before he was to suffer, he took bread in his holy and venerable hands, and with eyes raised to heaven to you, O God, his Almighty Father, giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took this precious chalice in his holy and venerable hands, and once more giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the blessed Passion, the resurrection from the dead, and the glorious ascension into heaven of Christ, your Son, our Lord, we, your servants and your holy people, offer to your glorious majesty from the gifts that you have given us this pure victim, this holy victim, this spotless victim, the holy bread of eternal life and the chalice of everlasting salvation. Be pleased to look upon these offerings with a serene and kindly countenance and to accept them as once you were pleased to accept the gifts of your servant Abel the just, the sacrifice of Abraham our father in faith, and the offering of your high priest Melchizedek, a holy sacrifice, a spotless victim. In humble prayer we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high, in the sight of your divine majesty, so that all of us who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your Son may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing. Remember also, Lord, your servant Elvis, who have gone before you with the sign of faith and rest in the sleep of peace. Grant them, O Lord, we pray, and all who sleep in Christ, a place of refreshment, light, and peace, 
To us also, your servants, who those sinners, open your abundant mercies, graciously grant some share and fellowship with your holy apostles and martyrs, with John the Baptist, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, Ignatius, Alexander, Marcellinus, Peter, Felicity, Perpetua, Agatha, Lucy, Agnes, Cecilia, Anastasia, and all your saints. Admit us, we beseech you, into their company, not weighing our merits, but granting us your pardon through Christ our Lord, through whom you continue to make all these good things, O Lord. You sanctify them, fill them with life, bless them, and bestow them upon us. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Precepti salutaribis moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus indicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, Sicur in cielo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicur et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, Sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Let you stay. Qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Aniusem, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Aniusem, qui tolis peccata mundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, how can I love Thee as I ought? And how revere this wondrous gift, so far surpassing hope or thought. Sweet sacrament, we Thee adore, O oh, make us love Thee more and more, O oh, make us love Thee more and more. Had I but Mary's sinless heart, with which to love Thee, dearest King, Oh, with what bursts of fervent praise Thy goodness, Jesus, would I sing. Sweet sacrament, we Thee adore. Oh, make us love Thee more and more. Oh, make us love thee more and more. Let us pray. Graciously raise up, O Lord, those you renew with this sacrament, that we may come to possess your redemption both in mystery and in the manner of our life, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks, Thanks be to God. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and... The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel Defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. 
from every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord, from every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. This is Dr. Ken Buckle from Grazia 